Nevada Weir, Santa Fe, New Mexico, here we are. Thanks for having us to your beautiful studio over the garage, right? Second story? Well, no, actually this is, well, it's the, this part is over the garage, but I extended it as far out and as far up as the zoning would allow me. So I could, you know, have a place to print and show my work. Okay, so this is our companion podcast okay. to the Santa Fe Photo Walks episode. You live and work in Santa Fe, New Mexico. You have for several years, though you're rarely here, usually traveling, right? Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. Sort not of. Not several years, like decades. Decades, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Just for starters, for people who are not familiar with uh -huh. you, talk about some of the places you've been. Just, it's all on the wall. Where have you been? Oh, well, you know, up until recently, I travel internationally almost every single month and I specialize in Asia so I've spent a lot of time I, I lived in Kathmandu in the 70s and I spent a lot of time in Nepal trekking and in Central Asia because I was a trekking guide at that time as I was beginning photography and I also spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and Myanmar and I began getting assignments for that region but I also have traveled a lot to South America and uh, you know so many places I don't count countries I like going back places because you you see the place differently, you know. So I have the luxury of going back a lot of places. Okay, so but... we're now the day before Halloween, yes. right? We're speaking the day before Halloween. If I followed you correctly, I understand you were in you were in Mexico recently and in Africa. Yes, I um, my first trip in a long time, and I was in Kenya on a walking safari, and then I was in Mexico teaching a workshop. In San Miguel de Allende, right? In San Miguel de Allende, yeah. Right, which uh, I understand is one of the greatest places in the world. It's beautiful. The first time I went there, I went, oh, this is what I want Santa Fe to look like. You know, it's a walking, it's a walking place, and it's really beautiful. And what's beautiful about it? What's great? Well, it's just the old colonial buildings and the cobblestones, and there's always a festival. There's always something happening. People are out on the streets, and, and people wear color, and I just... Yeah, and open. It's just so friendly. So it was nice to be back there. And you were teaching a photo workshop there? I was teaching a workshop for the Santa Fe Photographic Workshops, yeah. And so what do you do? It's like for five days or? It, this one was five days and originally was built around a festival that was truncated a little bit because of the COVID situation. But we photographed cowboys and cowgirls and, you know, we, we went off, we had our own um, walks and festivals and it was, it was fantastic. And everyone was being very careful. It, was very, it felt very safe being there. Mm -hmm. You know, people wearing masks and really felt, felt good about it. Now, you do a workshop for the Santa Fe workshop here in town as well, like a portraits, I believe? Well, I've been teaching with the Santa Fe workshops ooh, over 20 years, you know. Uh, I've been here since 1974 and they came later, but fantastic place. But I teach a, one or two workshops a year. I, I, do, I do like a travel workshop usually or a more intensive, like um, working on projects. And uh, I also work for them in Cuba and then in, in San Miguel de Allende. Okay, so for all those people watching and listening who say, wow, that sounds, what a life. I want this. If you could pay to travel and take pictures, this is the dream. So how did it all happen for you? Well, I came to Santa Fe in 74 right after college. I went to a really small college in Arizona. And I was, in, um, I was a city girl from D.C., but I 
fell in love with the outdoors and I became a rock climber and a kayaker. And I moved here because there was an Outward Bound school here. And that's when I started photography. I built a, a dark room in the basement of the Outward Bound school. And I spent every spare moment in the alchemy of the dark room. I mean, it's magic, isn't it? Seeing yeah. a print come out of the stop bath. And of course, you're reeling out kind of you know, drunk on, on toxic fumes. But it was just magic, absolutely magic. And I'm self-taught, which it's not necessarily a good thing because the teacher doesn't know anything. But it was just, I just loved it. And then when I started traveling, I always just had a camera with me. And I gradually went, um, to started using color slides because at that time, I would, you know, I wanted to work for National Geographic. I wanted to be published like many people dream about. And it was all about color. And I realized, actually, I see better in color. I'm actually, one to two percent of women see 10 times more colors. And I, I'm one of them. So I, I see the world not as good as a butterfly, but pretty close. So for me, it's all about color. And uh, I just love it. And so I just merged my outdoor life, you know, as a trekking guide, um, into assignments because I would, I would, I was in these wonderful expeditions in China in the early days in the 80s and Central Asia. And so I had stories. I had stories to give editors. And the world is built on stories. I mean, that's what we do. We spend all of our life in stories. So you got your first assignment from, from what, National Geographic? Or, oh, no, no not no, my first was, assignment. Yeah. But I, no, actually, airline magazines. Mm -hmm. I, you know, in those days, Singapore Airlines was fantastic, Thai, and um, no, no, I had to work my way up with National Geographic, but I loved it, and I worked on a book project in 1990 in Vietnam, it was a really interesting time to be in Vietnam, and I wrote a book called Adventure Travel Photography, so I, you know, I got involved, you know, not only in the assignment world, but really early on in teaching, because it's really part of my world, and I'm so glad, because it's a, it's a great journey, and actually I think I've become a better photographer because I'm a teacher. I'm lucky because I still was able to work in the magazine world. You know, I worked for Islands and Geo and you know, all the different magazines. So what was your first National Geo assignment? Um, I w it was on the Kyrgyz Nomads in western China in the, um, in the 90s. And, um, and that was just really exciting. But the best one I ever did with them was I did the entire length of the Blue Nile in Ethiopia for two months. And that was a magnificent journey. What's the life of a National Geographic photographer when on, when on assignment? Well, it's all ch it's changed. It's very different. I mean, you know, I wasn't there in the days when people had, you know, free budgets and all mm -hmm. months. And I was, you know, kind of right, right at the cusp or they were really paying attention. I mean, it's tough. I mean, the, the editors, they're good. They're, yeah. they're tough. It's a, bi it's a big deal. And, you know, now, of course, it, it's changed. Magazines, it used to be... Magazine editors were like the, the guardian of like, you shall, if you wanted to become a photographer, the magazine editor basically said, you shall pass, you know. Now it's different. Now there's so many fabulous ways to promote yourself and you can get well known in so many different genres without the world of magazines. It's just completely different, you know. I wouldn't even know where to start today. So. But, but back then you would take, what, 4,000 images and you'd be lucky for them to take two, something like that? Well, you know, I mean, photography's hard, uh, yeah. you know, this is the thing. And people think, oh, well, if you just click the frame enough, right. you have an image, which is true because photography is a very democratic medium. Everybody's going to take a great picture, if not one, if not two, in their lifetime, or 
they might think they're great, whether they are yeah. not is something else. But it's not like painting, or if I can hold a violin for the rest of my life, and their song is not going to come out, right? But photography is different. But you know, going deep, you know, there was a phrase one of my editors used, like, it's a, kind of a silly one, but you have to dance around the teacup. And I don't know why I thought the teacup, but you have to really examine and pay attention. And sometimes it takes many frames to do that, to really see, to go in and explore. And a lot of times at the beginning, you're just sketching and thinking about it. And then finally it goes, ah, that's the moment. So you know, photography is about being a virtuoso of seeing. You have to see it first. You know, I have to, and you have to imagine it, because we can photograph in ways that we don't see. So it's it's just the subject. And then this is what's hard: is that I have great subjects, right? Because I'm going all over the world, right. amazing festivals. But I have to make a great image. It can't be, oh, interesting person, click. Oh, beautiful sunrise, click. It has to be something special, like a snowflake. So if you find somebody really interesting in one of those it. countries, how do you work it? Depends. Depends on the person. Depends on what they're doing. It depends on whether I have to spend time with them to get them to open up and relax, because I love photographing people. And some people, you know, yeah. I can just merge with immediately, and other people... Especially tribal people just have to spend more time. I've gone into places where I haven't even brought out my camera for a day because I just had to get to know people and they had to get to know me. So it really, it really depends on the situation. What's your gear? What do you take with you? Well, I've worked with a lot of different equipment. You know, I started off with this big view camera and then I went to Pentax and Olympus and eventually in digital. I think my first digital camera was Canon. I had switched from Nikon at that point. And I've been working with Canon ever since, but also I work with Olympus. These nice, beautiful, small little, you know, it's a micro four thirds, right. so it has limitations, but it's such a sweet little camera. So I usually, if I'm really going on a serious uh, assignment or trip, I take two systems and then decide when I'm there what I'm going to use. Okay, so it's the Canon 5D or the 1D uh, or the I have R? The, I'm using mirrorless now. I, I love mirrorless. I think it's a game changer. Yeah. I, I love it. I love the flip-out screen. It's not just about that, see, being able to see the exposure through the viewfinder. And, you know, I work a lot also with converted cameras that just photograph infrared light. And Canon or Olympus are fantastic. And mirrorless is the really the only way to work with infrared light because it's right on the sensor and the focus. And so you're using the R? I'm using the R. Yes, I have the Canon R and the Canon R5. The R for infrared and the R5. And what's your lens of choice? Well, I like wide angle. I like 16 to 35. But 24 to 70 is, is a convenient one, but it's a comfortable one, too. And then I like, in fact, today, I just finally, they finally got it in a, a 100 to 500, because I like that, mm. that really, you know, illusion of compression, yeah. which is so beautiful. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm a wide angle person, too. But. Yeah, I, I just, no, I love it, because it's, you know, you being close and you can exaggerate something and then there's another subject. But I like layers. I like complicated images that you see this and you see this and you see that. Not just there's the person. And pr printing. So you have an Epson downstairs? or I, Yes, I've, I've, tried, I've tried like all the different printers. I'm now using the new Epsons because I think their inks are, are beautiful. I've just converted over. And um, yeah, I, do, I like doing my own printing because I'm such a detailed person. And it just doesn't work for somebody else so to do it for me. So if you me. send it to Bay Photo, what's going to be wrong with it? 
oh, this little thing and yeah. that little thing. I mean, I, you know, like I say, to me, a print is a sculpture. It's three-dimensional and it's got a, it has to have a presence. That's why some images that will look great on uh, a presentation, uh, on a, uh, uh, I still say slideshow, on a, you know, image review is fine because like three seconds, but something you're going to marinate in and something you're going to stand in front of, it has to have a real presence. So it takes time to work so with it. So it will be finished in Photoshop and Lightroom and... Well, I love Lightroom. That's my database and I start there. I process differently for presentations than, you know, Zoom or, you know, a some kind of a talk, a keynote or so forth. Um, that I can mainly do in Lightroom. But when I really want to do fine detail, Bernie and Dodging, uh, I use Photoshop, multi-layers, yeah. And, and that's that's what you're doing is burning and dodging. Yeah, burning and dodging. You're doing levels and curves. You know, and all I'm this. I'm a yeah I'm a traditionalist where you have to understand that I rarely uh, crop my images because I was brought up with here's the slide and right. you couldn't say to an editor you got to crop it or like you're fired. Um, and I also do not remove any content. I don't remove a wire. I don't remove a piece of trash. The gotcha crowd is just too intense and also it's a challenge for me so I want to get it right in the camera as much as possible and I yeah I so I work a lot with saturation and working with color and burning and dodging but I don't change a sky out or get rid of this wire or put this person in take that person have out. you seen the sky replacement tool in Photoshop I've seen them all no it's yeah. great and if somebody else wants to do it it's yeah. fine but I I work enough at a computer that there I have like parameters of, of where I'm going to work. No, I just was surprised at how good it was. It's so good. Usually they come out with this thing I say, yeah. it doesn't really work as well as they say it does. Yeah, no, but, it's great. And the new Lightroom they just came out with is phenomenal. They finally, you know, you're able to almost do layers there and have, you know, masks. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. I, I love Lightroom. I've been involved with Adobe from the beginning. You know, I've been in a number of their promos. And I, I just think it's an absolutely brilliant program. Now, are you shooting on a smartphone as well? A little bit. Not a whole lot, you know, uh, to be honest. Um, but it's the camera that's there. So, like, right. I've been doing a lot of hiking in yeah. around here, which mm -hmm. is, and that, that's what I usually take with me along so with my infrared. So you have an iPhone or an Android? Or? I have an iPhone, yeah. Which, I, have the which new, one? I have the new 13 that mm -hmm. I haven't quite 100% mastered yet. Well, I could show you a few things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just, you know, brand new for me. And, you no, know, because it, if, it doesn't matter whether it's an iPhone or whether it's a regular camera. It's how you see it. Right. It's how you yeah. see it. I mean, there are limitations to what an iPhone can do. I yeah. can do more with, you know, I can do more, uh, you know, I can work faster with my um, mirrorless and I can um, work easier with slow shutter speeds. I can walk into a place and get a photo of somebody yeah. that would never oh. agree to it if there's a big black camera. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's interesting because a lot of the cultures I go to now, because everyone has a phone, I'll go to some pretty remote tribal markets and the people say, yeah, you can use your phone yeah. and not my camera. Right. So I'm, I'm always going to stay up with the technology because iPhones, I, they matter. They're important and they make great images. And I have a number of photographer friends who only use iPhones and their photographs are spectacular. It's just that Sometimes they're not fast enough for me. Or I'm too slow. Let's put it this way. I'm the one who fumbles. I'm not fast enough. The camera's always going to be better, but it's yeah. the society thing. Oh, yeah. And you've got it with you. And, and it's, un like you said, it's not intimidating. And, and it's really interesting to me how many people are now, yeah, yeah, you can use the phone, but not that. And I go, 
at your uh, favorite plaza, I would just walked up and down, yeah. panning. Nobody said a word to me. No, uh-uh, yeah. no, uh-uh, no, they won't. No, because yeah. everyone is using, everyone is photographing out there. I mean, the, yeah. the world is like, you know, so we're swimming in photographs right now. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It's just, you know, everyone's, you know, clicking and, yeah. you know, I go to festivals now and something happens and suddenly everybody in the crowd raises their hands. You know, yeah, it's just the way it is. Tell me about working and living in Santa Fe. Well, I love it because it's a real artist town. Of course it changes. Every great place changes. I mean, when I moved here in the 70s, it was pretty much all dirt roads. And the, the plaza was, you know, the drugstore. And, the, you know, there were like real things, the shoe store and mm. that sort of thing. And inevitably, it's going to change. But I always lived downtown. But it's the, it's the clean air and the outdoors. And for me, it's the community. And as the photography community has just grown, you know, tremendously, especially once people became unmoored from having to live in New York City or having to work in D.C., so many people migrated here. And my, my community from Kathmandu has moved here, too, because where are you going to go? You've got to go to a place with mud huts, you know, if you're used to a place like Nepal. So I just, I love the, the wide variety. I like the, you know, the small town effect of it and just having this really great air. Um, and I live outside of town now. I've lived right. here in this small hamlet for 20 years and mm. it's just beautiful. How would you describe Santa Fe to someone who hasn't been here? Ah, uh, well, it gets described in so many different, in so many different ways. I, I think of it as, a, it's an art town. It's an art. You come here t for the air and the art. You come here to, you know, you're breathing in this fantastic 7,000 feet, you know, rarefied air. And, and then everywhere you look on every street, there's some form of art. And I, I love that. I think it's beautiful. It's a very picturesque town. You know, it's it's not a walking town. You, well, uh, you know, downtown is very very much a walking. Just town. Just a little bit of it, yeah. but you know, in terms of you know some places where you can walk blocks and blocks and blocks, it, it's not really. But it but there's but you go to sections. You walk on Canyon Road. You walk in the plaza, and um, and you know, and if you've never been here before, it's it's a very different architecture. It's a very different look because the air can be so crystalline here because of the high altitude. The best skies I've seen mm -hmm. have been north north of here, more more Taos than down here. What, Depends what? on the season. I mean, the, the when the when the thunderstorms come here in the summer and the lightning storms, they are spectacular. But we're kind of in a drought now. The weather pattern's been changing. The fall has come uh, a lot later this year, uh, much later. Um, but there was a freeze earlier on. You never know what's going to happen here. The weather can change. You know, we're still we're at the end of the Rocky Mountains. I mean, this is it. This is where people came. You know, there's like the Rocky Mountains, and then it was like, well, we got to get around them. That's Santa Fe, right at the end of the Rocky Mountains. So it's where, you know, the action happened between East and West, and it still is. It, it's, it still is happening. Where would you go? Where have you seen some of the best sunsets? Right from, from my porch. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I face I face you know directly west, and I have a porch out there. But and I go up on there's a beautiful hill that has yeah. got a you know an old pueblo, and I mean right around my corner are amazing petroglyphs right over here by the Santa Fe River, and so I take evening walks up up the top of this hill, and you know rainbows and sunset. But you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Right. What's a, what about commuting? I mean, so when you're traveling all over the world, you have a small airport here. Or is it larger than I think? 
No, it's as small as you think. But I, I usually drive to Albuquerque because I'm usually flying internationally. And if anything happens, I want to have more choices. It's only you know less than an hour away, so I drive to Albuquerque. And then if you were to go to Africa, you would fly to L.A. and then switch or fly to New York and switch? There's always, yeah, there's a hub, you know, um, Chicago, Denver or something. It's actually pretty easy to get to Africa. It's pretty easy. You just go to Europe and then down. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's, so, it's actually pretty simple so, compared to India. Is you know, a little bit more of a, a longer jaunt. Do they know you at the airport? <laughs> the Albuquerque airport, they know me, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I would like to use this. I mean, I'm three minutes from the Santa Fe yeah. airport here. But, but again, if anything goes wrong, I have to have more choices for flying internationally. Yeah. So yeah. you just drive to Albuquerque, park your car. And... Yeah. It's the same price. Yeah. No Uber or Lyft is going to come out here. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't trust it. So yeah. let's close it off by telling okay. everybody how to find out all about you online. Very simply, NevadaWeir.com. Yes, but the weird part is interesting. It's W. I'm at the, you know. Are I'm, you I or I'm an you cannot put D at the end. W-I-E-R. So all the rich and famous, Bob and Peter, they're W-E-I-R's, but I'm Nevada, W-I-E-R.com. Okay, yeah. and how did you get the name Nevada? My father. Yeah, he was he a it. fan of the state? I don't know. He died when I was very young. I just, you know, it's my middle, it's my uh -huh. middle name, and I've adopted it as my primary name, and it's just, it's just a great name. And have you shot there? I, we, I worked on a book in Las Vegas once, um, you know, called Planet Vegas, mm -hmm. but it was very interesting. So I have, and they got very confused by my name. They didn't, one guy was like, you're Nevada Weir. I thought you were a power company, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, I once gave a talk in Nevada, Missouri, you know, so, but it's a great name because people remember it. They, they remember it. And and that, that's helpful. And you've been to WPPI and all those sort of oh, things a yeah. million times. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been to a few of the conferences and, you know, things like that. It's a nice get-together, so. How do you like Vegas? Well, I liked it when I had an assignment there. My, my uh, casino was Circus Circus, which was really fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, because yeah, we, we had permission to photograph in the casino, mm -hmm. so that was really fun. So I had a good time, and I photographed uh, uh, a, a snow leopard, actually, um, mm -hmm. having a milkshake and french fries and okay. a drive-in. Mm. Yeah, that's Vegas. Yeah, that sounds and good. And three Elvises bungee jumping off of a platform. I mean, you know, just yeah. crazy Vegas. I photographed the high wire artists. Uh -huh. I said, I'd love to get a shot above them. Could yeah. I do that? He said, yeah, just go up there and hang from the ladder with one hand and use the other hand for taking the picture. <laughs> and I said, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Until I got up there and I said, what am I doing? Right? And then how am I going to get back up the ladder again? But I did it. You did it. Yeah, you find a way. Your internal spirit yeah. let, lets you do it. But no, and that's what I, lo I love. I loved having those book projects. I, you know, I worked on a number of the day in the life of, which was fun. Mm -hmm. And this was 16 photographers. We each had a casino. And, you know, uh, I think we had like 10 days to photograph Vegas. It was fun. So I haven't been there too much. No, mm -hmm. I haven't been to Nevada much. But, um, you know, I sure love the Southwest. All right, so NevadaWeir.com, anywhere else? Uh, Instagram. You're on Instagram, yeah. at, at NevadaWeir. Yeah, NevadaWeir, yeah. and uh, Facebook, and my website, my website, which I'm, you know, that's another thing I was able to update, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. I need to get right. a bit more. I know. I got to put some new images up, but, Every you know, it's a, it, there's, there's a lot to do. There's yeah, a lot to do. Ends. Thanks for having us here, and uh, bye. Thank That's you. Simple. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>